The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, what's up? Lindsay Bjorklund here, and I am solo today, as you can see if you're on the video. Hello to those on the podcast-only audio version. We never forget about you. Um, so today, I wanted to do a deep dive into an aspect of uh, a role that Mike went into, an episode, uh, it was 900 and 901. So if you haven't heard episodes 900 and 901, yeah, we've done that many podcasts, by the way, um, go back and check those out because those are the successful roles that Mike outlines, successful roles in your cleaning company that he suggested. So today, I am going to deep dive into one of them, the client happiness manager. I actually got um, asked a lot of questions um, after that episode and actually after the workshop when we did it just for like more ideas and a little bit more of a deep dive um, into the client happiness manager position and what that looks like and some ideas for people out there that want to incorporate that client happiness manager position into their company. So just like a little review, um, what is a client happiness manager and should you have one? So I'm going to start by saying, yes, you should have one. And if you're a solo cleaner and you are just looking to hire people, well, you're going to be the client happiness manager in your position. You're going to want to make sure you're making your, your clients happy, right? So this position gets a little more intricate, if you will, once um, you have like a couple cleaners, maybe five cleaners, and you have to start kind of managing um, the cleaners. So let's kind of um, go back over a few things. We'll rewind it a little bit and review for those of you that are just ignoring my my uh, suggestion to go back and listen to the previous episodes. So the client happiness manager, it's it's a more defined role instead of just calling someone like the operations manager or the scheduler or we want to fine tune and fine slice down the roles in the cleaning company. And client happiness manager is a very important role. Um, it was actually my role in Grow My Cleaning Company before we changed my title to client success manager because we wanted to get even more data driven on my role and like what success looked like. Anyhow, back to client happiness. So, um, what are going to be the rules for your client happiness manager? So the rules, as we discussed in the previous episodes, should always be to follow your core values. So Grow My Cleaning Company is have fun, make money, be real, and help out. I just kind of <laughs> roll those off my tongue. They're like so ingrained in us and just really a part of who we are. So what that does is you don't really have to think about like hard rules, hard and fast rules really anymore, because as long as you're like paying attention to those core values, you can't really mess up. So be real. I mean, obviously your client happiness manager isn't going to be lying to clients if being real is part of their core values and they match up with you. Um, we've done like a million episodes actually on core values, even though we've only done 900 episodes, but we've done a ton of episodes on core values and how to find your core values. So definitely check those um, episodes out in the playlist if you haven't yet already. There's playlists on YouTube or you can just search 
core values in our YouTube channel. I'm sure it will come up. Uh, okay, so you wanna next look at the outcome of the client happiness manager. How do you manage, how do you manage, how do you measure client happiness? Well, <laughs> if your clients quit on you, they obviously weren't very happy. So one of the metrics we're gonna use is um, client turnover. So you want to have, you want to set a goal for your client turnover on, I would say do it quarterly. Like I think Mike actually said that too. Um, so say for example, you want to have a turnover of 10% or less. Okay. So you're going to make sure that your client happiness manager is tracking this month to month and they're very aware of what the turnover rate is. I also get asked a lot of times, what is turnover rate? Like how the heck do I figure that out? Like what does that look like? And people are like embarrassed to ask and I say, no problem. Some people call it churn rate, C-H-U-R-N. You want to take the number of clients that quit and divide that by the total number of clients you had before they quit. So say, keep it simple, say you have 100 clients and 10 of them quit, your turn rate or your um, turnover rate is gonna be 10%. I'm Midwestern, so T-U-R-N and C-H-U-R-N sound very similar to me, so it's turnover rate or churn rate. A little confusing. Okay, so um, say you set it for 10%. So you wanna be tracking um, every month, in my opinion. Like your client happiness manager should be very knowledgeable about like what is happening with the turnover and not just tracking it quarterly, like at the end of the quarter, like, oh, geez, we had a 15% turnover rate. Not a good client happiness manager. Like they should be really, in the in the weeds with your customers, so to speak, like know what's really going on, have the pulse of your clients. Okay, so the other thing that goes along with measuring happiness is not just how many people are leaving, but how many people are praising you and leaving good reviews. So you want to have X number of positive reviews per month with no more than you know, let's say Y negative reviews. So say you set a goal with your client happiness manager. Um, say Say you're doing it per month. Let's do this per month. I mean, the rules are up to you, really. I'm just giving you ideas and getting down into the nitty gritty. So say you want to um, have a goal of five positive reviews per month and no more than one negative review. Like if you're having one negative review or more than one, something is wrong. Um, so I don't know, that's just an example. You can set your own numbers based on the size of your clientele. Um, and expected time investment. So of course this is gonna depend on the size of your clients. It can typically be between anywhere from like five hours a week to maybe 15 hours for like a larger company. Um, and really the more, time you spend uh, as a client happiness manager just thinking about your clients and ways to um, surprise and delight them, which we'll get into in a little bit here. Um, and the more ways you think of making their lives better and communicating that with the cleaners, I mean, that's going to take up time too. So yeah, even thinking about ways to make your clients' lives better, that counts as part of the happy client happiness manager's goals. I should just call them the CHM from here on out, but that, that doesn't roll off the tongue easily. Okay, I am like going super fast through this, so sorry guys, I got a lot to point out today and uh, just really wanted to deep dive. So you might be thinking, okay, that's all great and all, but how do you pay? Like, how do you pay for happiness? <laughs> like, 
How does that work? Well, your client happiness manager, they're going to have day-to-day roles that they have to do. So you should be paying them a salary. What that salary is depends on your location, um, the standard of living in your area, just like any other job, right? So it's I can't really say, hey, pay them $30,000 a year, pay them 40. Like Those are just ideas, but it doesn't really mean anything without context of where you're living, right? So um, yes, you're going to have a base salary. And then back to that turnover rate, you're going to give the client happiness manager, we recommend giving them a bonus as long as the turnover is below whatever. So say in that example, we had uh, 10% per month. you want to be specific too. Like you want to say, okay, 9%, you still get your bonus. 99.9%, like you're going to have to define like when you're going to round up or not. You know what I mean? Like I've definitely been in situations and seen issues arise when like people are like rounding up or round down, like be super clear with your client happiness manager. Like you don't want to leave any, be real with them. Like don't leave anything up to them guessing. Um, hopefully if you have a good core value match, they're not going to be like guessing anyhow. Um, the next thing is you should get a bonus salary, or excuse me, a bonus for every good review. So, um, say you say, I don't know, say what are reviews worth to you? Like, do you have a lot of crappy reviews? Maybe, um, you need a lot of reviews. So you want to pay this person like 20 bucks a review. Um, they get five reviews in a month. That's like an easy extra hundred dollars. And it makes your um, you know, your Google reviews or your Facebook reviews, I mean, it's going to improve your appearance. It's going to give um, Google a good bounce, Google My Business. It'll look good on your Google My Business page. You definitely want to focus on that. And if you're not getting reviews right now, as an owner, um, even if you don't have a client happiness manager yet, definitely, definitely get your reviews going. The more, the better. Okay. So, and don't feel weird about asking for reviews either. Sometimes people get like weird about it and it's like, you should be taking pride in what you do. And especially if you have a client that was like, oh, you guys did an amazing job on my floors. My dog made a mess and there was fur everywhere and you guys cleaned it up perfectly. That's the moment where a client happiness manager should know to go in and be like, hey, so glad you enjoyed that. Would you mind leaving a a five-star review on Google for us? Like, there's no shame in asking that. People, you'll be surprised, are so happy to help out, especially if you get them on that... I want to say like, hi, like that, like they just had like a fresh, awesome experience with you. You want to catch that moment. Hey, amazing people. You may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only ask I can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show for you to spread the word and share so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now back to the show. Okay, so that's a tip for you owners, for your client happiness managers out there. Seize the day on those. Get them while they're fresh. Um, And you also want to set a metric of as long as there's X amount of negative reviews. So say, you know, you pay 20 bucks per per positive review as long as there's no more than, you know, five negative reviews that month. I mean, I would set it down to one. That's just me. Like if you're getting negative reviews of all, it's time to really look at what you're doing and um, like your clientele too. They might not be a match if they're just leaving random 
reviews. And there's crazy people out there too. So the, the negative reviews will happen. It's just a part of life, right? Okay, so let's go on to guidelines. And this is something that um, I honestly was a little bit surprised about when Mike mentioned it, but then I thought about it and I was like, this makes a lot of sense. So the client happiness managers, actually, we recommend they run the weekly meetings for the cleaners um, and the training on like at the weekly meetings. Okay, so um, as you know, in our training and we've done podcasts on this, we do recommend meeting with your cleaners at least uh, once a week is enough really to get them, keep them in the loop and just quick updates. And we also encourage everyone to do monthly parties to cultivate uh, with their cleaners to and their, their staff, their whole staff really, to cultivate the core values and the culture in the company. So yeah, the client happiness manager is in charge of that because if you think about it, both things actually, if you think about it, the cleaners are who are going out and doing the work. They're providing the happiness. So if you have a client happiness manager that is training these cleaners to think, hey, I want to make sure that you know, this mother comes home and just feels amazing because her house is clean. Like we, the goal is for her to have that feeling of just being happy and relaxed when she comes home. And if your cleaning job isn't supporting that, like you're doing something wrong, right? You're not providing client happiness. It's really that simple. It's simpler than being like, did you scrub um, all the floors? Did you scrub the baseboards? Did you, you know, whatever. Um, really get into their minds, the client experience um, and that creates happiness, right? So your client happiness manager should have a good rapport with the cleaners and really be active with them. And um, they should encourage and inspire them, um, especially the monthly parties. I get to plan some parties and some get togethers for our team. <laughs> and it's one of the most fun things I do. Like a client happiness manager should be psyched to um, get the team together and plan parties for them um, because it's fun. Like they get to have fun, make sure the new employees are included. Um, it's just really going to create that culture that goes out and makes your clients happy too. Okay, going through my list here, I have a list for you guys. Um, the next guideline, ooh, this is so good. I'm actually going off Mike's guidelines, but I'm going in depth of how I would handle them too. So um, you wanna call and visit every customer is laid out in your onboarding system, whatever that system is. So say your system is, um, you know, uh, within a month of a new client coming on board, say, um, the client happiness manager goes out and pays them a visit. Like it can be that simple, but the client happiness manager should be the person doing it, not the cleaners, not the scheduler. Um, if you're an owner and you're working on getting out of the business and you're, you're hiring your client happiness manager, don't be the owner going out and checking on them. Have your client happiness manager do it. Um, and the also the other thing that the client happiness manager should do is plan customer or client appreciation events every year. Um, you could hold them like once a quarter or like three to six per year. Um, and as an owner of the company, please, please make sure you set the budget for your client happiness manager. That is something Mike and I, <laughs> I had a big, I'm like, please, please give me a budget. Otherwise they might be nervous. I'm like, what do I spend? Like, how do I, how do I do this? <laughs> so it's always good to give them a budget. 
Um, it's just funny, Mike put that note in there. It was basically about me getting a little meta here, but um, so yeah, what, okay. So this is what I said we come back to is surprise and delight. So surprise and delight is one of my favorite aspects of client happiness. What you should do is really, and I'm pretty sure we've covered this in other episodes, but really pay attention to your clients. Like what are their favorite foods? What do they talk about when you visit them? Um, what did they mention in their onboarding document? Like, do they have pets? Like, did someone just get a new dog that they absolutely love? Did someone's sports team um, go to the NFL playoffs? Like, is are they really excited about something? Just take little mental notes of that. And then when life events come up or something, or someone just gets sick or goes to the hospital, like, you can surprise and delight them easily by sending, like, you know, um, something that has to do with their favorite team over or... Um, if they just got the new dog, for example, you can do something sweet, like send them a gift card. It can be that simple, a gift card to like PetSmart or Petco or Chewy or like whatever, like you prefer or like whatever that is. Um, so yeah, just always keep in mind, I actually make little lists of, um, especially when I see people, my clients in person, I make little lists of like almost like a profile of like their likes and stuff they've told me and even stuff about their kids. Like it's just so, such a good conversation starter and in good ways to have that rapport with your clients too. So definitely pay attention and take notes. Oh, we talked about this in my fans first episode. So I don't know what episode number that is, but it's out there. It's from last October. I think I'm in a raccoon outfit because it was Halloween. It came out around Halloween of 2022. So check fans first out too. Um, that'll give you a lot of surprise and delight ideas. Um, okay, so back to Mike's list. <laughs> um, survey clients, oh, excuse me, let me go back. Customer appreciation events are so much fun to plan. Oh my gosh. Um, my recommendation is to do something that A, could involve food, but not just food. Like don't just go out to a restaurant, like do something interactive. My favorite example is when um, we had one of our live events in San Antonio, Texas last year. And I found this amazing place called Chicken and Pickle, not sponsored, shout out to Chicken and Pickle because it was this amazing fried chicken spot where they had pickleball courts also. So it was like a restaurant and then pickleball courts and um, really good drinks too, <laughs> side note. Um, but you could um, play pickleball or if you didn't want to play pickleball, you could sit and eat and chill and watch people play pickleball. And afterwards, um, our clients told me that it was like one of their favorite experiences because it was just fun. Like everyone had a good time. Um, so yeah, do something interactive. Um, escape rooms are also really fun to do with clients um, because you can have like two different teams where one set of clients is with certain cleaners and um, another set of clients is with other cleaners. Like that's always fun. Like, so they get to know each other. Um, and then that way too, when you have other cleaners go over to their homes, they're not weird about it, right? Because they were like, oh, I've seen you at an event. Like, Awesome. So I don't know if Mike actually said to have uh, the customer appreciation events with the staff, but I recommend it. I mean, maybe a Christmas party or something like that would be a good idea of how to incorporate that. It's always good for your staff to get to know your clients too. Not just the client happiness manager and not just the cleaners. Okay. So um, lastly, but not least, is survey clients one to three times a year. Make your surveys fun. Um, I recommend uh, Google 
uh, Google Forms is good. Um, we use Typeform a lot. I think they have a free account. Like if you make a certain amount or less per year or per month, you can get free. Google Forms is definitely free. But um, feel free to put your core values in there. Like I think our client um, experience, our client happiness survey says something like on a, on a <laughs> range of zero to Chuck Norris awesome, like where are we at right now? Like make it fun, don't make your surveys boring. Um, but definitely have them because, and give give them the option to be anonymous too. Some people get a little weird when you ask them to for feedback and they feel uncomfortable, like you're insulting them, but actually their feedback could be really helpful to everyone in the company. So um, yeah, definitely leave the option to be anonymous or leave their name if, if they want to. Um, all right, Cleaning Nation. That went by really fast, surprisingly, all by myself. I just word vomited out everything I know about client happiness. I could probably even do another episode of this. Um, that's it. If you have any suggestions, any questions, any feedback, don't be a stranger, or you can leave it anonymous, <laughs> anonymously, whatever. But give us feedback. Leave us a comment if you're on YouTube. Leave us a review if you're on uh, the podcast, on wherever you listen, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. And if you want to know more about Grow My Cleaning Company and what we do and how we help um, cleaning company owners out there like yourself, go to growmycleaningcompany.com. Hilarious website. Steve the Raccoon is all over the place. He's our mascot. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, Cleaning Nation. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share it with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me in the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602 932 6431. 602 932 6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now. 602-932-6431. Give me a text. Say hey. Can't wait to meet you.